Welcome to the Dior Hot Seat. In this episode, we dig into authentication and authorization with Nick from SlashAuth. In Web2, there are these big authentication providers, I'm talking about the login with Google, with Facebook, which act as middlemen and give the really good UX of not having to create accounts everywhere in exchange to mind-boggling access to information about you. Web3 authentication, in comparison, is in its infancy. And it does have the potential, if well implemented, to allow for a much higher degree of self-sovereignty. Now, authentication is a huge industry, and the internet has been fighting over different standards for many years to reach the level of maturity we have. That's why I'm so excited to see people working on improving this very initial state we are in when it comes to Web3 authentication. During the chat, Nick makes use of the acronym SIWI a few times during the episode, which confused the hell out of me until I realized he was referring to sign in with Ethereum, SIWI. Now, this won't happen to you. You're welcome. To go to the next part and listen to the episode, you don't need to sign in anywhere, but it would be great if you give us a follow or subscribe or whatever it's called in the platform you use to listen to us, and you would have my eternal thanks. Following Nick from SlashAuth on the Dirk Hot Seat. Yeah, so I'm here to talk to you guys all about SlashAuth. We're building a Web3 developer platform. So I'm one of the co-founders there. I've been an engineer my whole life. Started off working at Intel, then I moved to Twitch where I was working on the commerce team, built the fraud team, and then after that left to go start a company with one of my good friends from Twitch as well. Been an engineer my whole life and excited to chat with you guys. So the problems we're trying to solve are for developers with authentication in Web3, right? When you build a new app, this was similar in Web 2 as it is in Web 3, you have to build some semblance of authentication, right? It's time consuming and it detracts from product dev. There's a high risk of error because you have to build all these different pieces, right? You have to say, okay, am I going to have someone uh, connect with their wallet and then sign this nonce? Okay, what kind of wallets are they going to connect with? What kind of wallets am I going to support? Testing all those across all the different browsers, right? Do they have a Brave wallet? Are they testing on mobile? Does the nonce have enough entropy? Then with the access tokens and the refresh tokens, you know, am I sending those down? How long are those expiring for? How often do I refresh? Making sure that only the correct domains have access so that people can't just send any access token or spoof your access tokens. And so there's just a ton of issues. And that's just from the authentication piece. There's also the authorization piece. We're saying, okay, who can do what, right? It's this wallet has this NFT so they can actually pass this token gate. Okay, that's great, but how often are we monitoring and refreshing that data, right? How are we making sure that it's low latency enough so that we have a great experience? And so really all these things just kind of take you away from product development. And as we all know in the Web3 space, it moves so quickly that any time away from product development is like you might be behind your competition. And then lastly, you know, the last two things is, you know, it obviously requires constant monitoring and maintenance. So you find out about new hacks and loopholes, you got to patch those. As we see and hope that Web3 becomes the mainstream piece, people are starting to expect a higher level of user experience, right? In Web2, you have a very seamless login flow. And then on the best websites, actually on most, on most websites, you start to see this like multi-level access, right? You know, on this call uh, or in Discord, just in general, there's different roles on who can do what. Same thing in Zoom. If this was a Zoom call, you know, one of you all would be the host. I'd be a participant. If we look at something like Facebook pages, you have your moderators, like Google Docs, you have your editors, your commenters, your viewers, all across the web, you see these multi-layered applications, and that doesn't really exist in Web3, but is gonna to start to become the expectation. 
And so that's where we come in, right? We provide this Web3 developer platform and we focus a lot on auth. So how you log in, how we make that seamless for you to log in. Authorization, so RBAC, so role-based access control of being able to quickly assign different roles for users. And then we also have data storage where you know, you'll know you see, and I'll show you guys all this, but you have data storage as well where you can store files and make sure that those are secure and only accessible by different roles. A couple different features to highlight before we hop into the demo, you know, logging in with two lines of code. So if you guys are creating a new project for a customer, you can just drop in two lines of code and you have a login modal, completely styled that you can customize uh, and supports multiple different wallets. You can protect your APIs with the role-based access control we were talking about. So say, hey, this token gate means this, great, and then you protect that. If you're building just a SPA that has access to the blockchain and you don't want to spin up some backend server to add metadata to each user, so if you need to collect potentially email or name or you need to phone number or even just saying, hey, this person's profile pictures here, you know, that can all be added to the user directly on the platform. One thing that has been a, a big ask from us is supporting multi-organization applications. So if you're building like for a B2B customer, right, where they need to support like company A, company B, company C, we support that build, right? You know, if you think of like Carta, which is the, the cap table management system, you know, there's Facebook that uses it, there's Google that uses it, and they'll have different levels and different permissions all under the Carta umbrella for their specific company. So that's something we support as well, because that anytime you have to build something like that, it, uh, it increases the, the complexity exponentially. And then, as I mentioned, we store and token gate files. So that's a lot of just kind of background. Would love to show you all a demo. But yeah, any questions thus far? So it's uh, similar, I would say, to, for example, sign in with Ethereum or also the authentication that's provided with Morales. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely one piece of it. So Siwi by Spruce is like really, really nice, but this becomes more of a hosted version would be the first piece. And then the second piece is all the authorization that you can do afterwards, right? That's very much like the authentication piece. And yeah. Okay. Excellent. So I'll show you two things here, right? For any good developer tool, you need to see what the developer sees and then you need to see what the end user sees, right? Because if the end user doesn't have a great experience, then that's not a great experience for anyone. So you come here to the dashboard and we'll log in with wallet. And so to your point, this is very much like a CWE type of thing. So this is a component that you would get. You can connect with any of these. So we'll click connect with MetaMask. Cool. So as you mentioned with CWE, I mean, it's very, very similar. So, hey, we're signing the slash off, address assign. You know, we have the entropy there. So we'll sign, great. For you all, you know, you'd probably create a new app and we'll say, hey, you know, Dorg demo and call it, I don't know, 825, right? We can put stuff in the about, we'll save it. If you've ever worked with OAuth, you know, you'll be familiar with the client ID, the client secret, right? Because there's both the front end that you want to make calls from, but then there's also the back end that you want to make calls from to make sure it's super secure. Admin, so if you want to work with your team members on the same project, that's easy. Customization was something you know, that's really important for our users, right? We want to give them simple drop-in components so that they can get to market as quickly as possible. But we also want to fit their branding, right? So if you want to round the corners or not, if you want to change the font colors, you can do that as well. If you want to go to light mode, to dark mode, what have you, very simple kind of no-code customization. The big piece is, though, is when we start to separate from Siwi and start to become more of a authorization platform is as you can add roles, right? So 
you know, we spin up two simple roles just to show you there's a demo admin and a demo member role. But if you're working maybe on an NFT drop, which is a decent amount of our customers do this, well, they might say, okay, this is NFT drop one is a role. And then they might add a second role for their second drop. Or if they're trying to do tiers, what have you, you can just create any role because it's just a string. It's an arbitrary string that you'd be checking against. So you create that role and then you say, okay, well, now I want to gate via that role. So again, we just kind of spin these up for you. This is a contract that we have. So there's Polygon, it's an ERC-1155. You see the token IDs and that stands for demo admin and demo member. But if you were trying to do, you know, that NFT drop one, you know, you can use any of these, Ethereum, Polygon, the test nets, you can say, hey, is it an ERC-20, maybe a 721, maybe a Gnosis multi-sig. So for the Gnosis multi-sig, you know, we've worked with some DAOs where they say, hey, I want the multi-sig signers to be the admins and then everyone else to be, you know, that has a membership NFT to just be a member. And so we support that as well. ERC-721, you know, if you want to add metadata and say, hey, on this contract, there's going to be a trait type and I expect it to be this value for them to get, you know, maybe this premium access. So super straightforward to just kind of add different gates and manage your gates. But yeah, that's what it looks like from the developer standpoint. And then I'll also add that there's APIs for all this, right? As a developer myself, I don't want to play with a dashboard. Like I want it to just live in my code. And so we support that. I mean, I'll send you guys links to all those packages. Sweet. So that's a lot of what the developer sees. The last thing I'll show you, and then we can kind of just hop into questions, is what does the end user see? Right. So we spin up this demo site for every application we create just so people can play with it and you know see what's available. Right. So here's just a public page. This is very much like a web two type of site. You have a public page, you have the data room that's gated, events, contact admin. So we log in. Again, you'll see this drop in component. We can pick whatever we want. So we're signing into Dorg so I can check and make sure that this is correct. I see the address to sign. I see the nonce. Cool. So I don't have an NFT here, right? That makes sense. This is a brand new contract. So you guys and your customers would control who sees what, but for sake of demoing, let's click the mint button. You know, you can see in Polygon scan, like this is actually doing something. So this isn't like demo magic, but so we're going to refresh and we're going to constantly be checking to see that you have this access just to make sure that you have the access that you should have, right? Because you'll see people sell their NFTs or transfer their NFTs and still maintain access in Discord. And that's something that, you know, we strongly oppose, right? We want to be secure. But so this file is stored. You're only getting a pre-signed URL, so you can't store the URL and share it because, uh, it, you know, it has a TTL, I think, of like 10 or 15 minutes. That's constantly refreshing in the background. We can see events now because I'm a member. I can join the Discord because I'm a member. But I can't be an admin, right? I don't have that role. And that's when you start to get to this multi-layered role approach. So again, we'll just mint this. It'll take some 10 seconds to mint and then refresh. So cool. Now I can see all the users that are logging into my app. I can add different files. I can you know, edit the upcoming events. And that was just decisions we made as developers for the demo. Obviously, since everything's just an arbitrary string, you know, you could call this role banana and then give it whatever permissions you want and take it kind of in your own way, right? We didn't want to be too, too opinionated we wanted to give developers the power to make those own decisions. Sweet. Last quick couple of things, you know, obviously talking to a bunch of developers, our goal is to make things as simple as possible, right? We talk about logging in with two lines. 
yeah, you just call login with no redirect from the slash auth package. You throw that in a button and off you go. You get that modal, you get that signed nonce, you get that entropy all for free, right? Super, super straightforward. So with Siwi, you know, you'd probably be hosting it yourself. You'd have to be running the back end somewhere, storing that nonce. And then it has role, right? Whether you want to check it on the front end to make sure that you're rendering the correct pages or whether you want to check it on the back end to make sure that you're protecting your APIs, it's just a simple Boolean check, right? We wanted to provide role-based access control with the easiest ways, right? So drop in the address, drop in the role. So if this was NFT drop one, you would just throw that in and off you go. Lastly, upcoming features. These have been things we've been getting a lot of requests for. And interestingly enough, from Web3 developers, we're actually kind of surprised by this. They want more ways for people to log in. And now this isn't everyone, so it is very configurable on a per app basis. So if you were saying, hey, I only want wallet login, great. But people have been saying, hey, I want to support both email, Google, Twitter login, and wallet login. So basically you log in with MetaMask, and then you would attach your Google account to it, and then you are still the same user. So that way, you know, there's people we've talked to that they don't want to carry their wallets on their phones. And so they want to be able to use their logins um, on their phones, but not carry their wallet. So then they can just log in with Google since it's connected to their wallet, will know the tokens that exist in that wallet and still check their access levels at runtime and on every query. Data storage, you know, you saw the simple file structure. We're gonna start to build that out more with folders and kind of make it a little more robust. Drop in components, you know, our goal is always to get people from zero to one, get them to market as quickly as possible. So you saw the login component, uh, there's gonna be an account management page, a user profile component, and then an organization management. Um, again, just trying to make life as easy as possible. And then we've also heard that people want integrations with uh, Superbase and Firebase so that they can just have their Web2 database, they can have their blockchain of choice, and then they can have someone that manages that authentication authorization in the middle. For next steps, you know, we are in a private beta. Email me and you'll skip the waitlist. And we're giving 20% off for you know, any of the Dorg members, I can send out this deck because it has links to our docs, it has links to our uh, Node and React clients. And then we also have production ready front end and back end examples so that you could spin up uh, exactly what you saw in that demo site. But yeah, thank you all for the time. If you have any questions, happy to answer anything. Uh, what is the pricing? Yeah, so like any good developer tool, we want to have a generous freemium model. So it's free for your first thousand monthly actives. And then after that, it'll be uh, two cents for your subsequent users per month. We're very generous on what a monthly active is. But does it scale well with, let's say, someone wanted to have like millions of users? So I'll be honest with you, we've never tested with a million users. We've had them in the thousands and that's been fine. A little bit of background on myself, you know, my co-founder and I, we re-architected the whole commerce stack at Twitch. So that was the billion dollar platform, right, that flowed through and on every video load would call six of our services to check, like what could the user do? Does the user have access to chat? Do the user, is the user subscribed? And so we built everything to be hyper-scalable. We just haven't had that million concurrence yet. Okay, cool. I have a question. Are you looking at being compatible with other layer ones like Nier? Yeah, definitely. For us, like we built everything to be super extensible so that we can be compatible with different networks as easily as possible. Like we rolled out Polygon support, I think in five hours. So if you guys oh, needed okay. something for near, happy to do it. I mean, I think that's the other piece of background that I'd give you is we build very quickly. 
And, you know, if there's a customer request, like we're usually able to satiate as quickly as possible. Like the file storage came out of a customer request and we turned it around in 48 hours. So if you needed support for near, happy to do it. Okay, cool. I'll send you an email. Awesome. Yeah, I had a quick question about how the data storage works. So when you're gating access, is that like a developer defined component? Like where how that data is stored and how and where the gating happens? Or are you kind of the central uh, hoster and you know that's doing the gated access? Like, are you kind of a, a point of failure, a point of trust in that circuit? So obviously the, the wallet exists on chain. The data exists on chain of like what tokens you hold in that wallet. The configuration as of right now does sit centrally. We haven't been getting too much of a push to move that decentralized, but that is in the roadmap, right? We want the configuration to exist on chain as well so that it can be independently verified, right? So someone can go and say, okay, demo admin means this ERC-1155. Hey, I see this wallet has the correct token. Okay, now I understand why they have demo. Uh, the demo goal. Yeah, it makes sense to make it easy to use and just work for, for the time being. But yeah, I would expect that like over the longer term, there should be ways to like disintermediate that role and you know use whatever cryptographic sugar to yeah to make kind of there there be a zero trust model with accessing the data because if if it's data that needs to be that you need like a guarantee of availability you know or it's sensitive and you need kind of end-to-end encryption guarantees and kind of it only gets decrypted if people have the correct you know the specified nft or tokens you know that would probably be the be the, the ideal like end-to-end solution Completely agree. Completely agree. And that's definitely a model that we want to move towards. There's also been a little bit of a push for us to have, I don't know if you'd call them integrations, but hooks for smart contract developers as well. And so at that point, we'll definitely have to have these things exist on chain so that people can just call it directly. So yeah, I completely agree with you. So thank you. We'll keep in touch. All right. Excellent. Thank you all. Thank you for the time. And it's been great chatting with you all. Bye-bye. Bye.